0: Some people say they matured early. Well, I felt that way too, except not in a good way. Imagine having the thighs of a woman at least twice your age. Welcome to the Only Child Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Wallace. Have you ever felt like you didn't receive the how-to brochure on life? That you didn't get enough guidance about major life issues? So did I. You don't have to be an only child to feel this way. In my podcast, we'll explore some of the best ways to better navigate adulthood while doing so with humor and light. Welcome everyone to the Only Child Diaries podcast. Today, I'm going to talk to you about my wonderful and crazy relationship with food. Yes food. This is going to be a three-part series as I go into my surgery. Uh, My surgery is in less than three weeks, so I'm going to record these three episodes together and upload them so they're ready to go. And I have a lot to say about food because I've had a lifelong relationship with it. So, I know a lot of you can relate, so settle back and let me know how you feel on our social media. Food, oh, glorious food. Food has always been something like recreation to me, and also comfort, like a soft, warm blanket. Love like a soulmate, my best friend, a hobby, a time filler you name it. It was pretty much everything except what it was meant to be nutrition to run my body productively. Food has definitely been a love match with me, yes, but at times it has also been that dysfunctional boyfriend the one who I thought I loved, but who turned out to be the worst thing for me. At times, it has also been very destructive. Or wait, maybe that was just me who was the destructive one. My parents both had issues with food, if we are being honest, although we never really spoke about it. I'm thinking that they both saw food as comfort and recreation as well. Dad was an original foodie before there was such a thing. Maybe not the trendy kind of foodie of today's definition, the kind who would know exactly where the organic kale was sourced at the pop-up restaurant by that trendy chef de jour, but the kind of foodie who embraced and savored his food. He lived for the perfect steak. He dreamt about prime rib with horseradish. He loved artichokes and avocados and told me about the thick sliced tomatoes, beefsteak tomatoes, that is, in his favorite chili cheeseburger. That was the thing about Dad. He fit in at the fanciest restaurant and the Dive hamburger joint, too. He also had a long story about how this particular hard candy had the best flavor. It might have been root beer. And then after he finished it, it made the water you drank taste all the better. Dad didn't just eat. He made eating an event. He enjoyed food and had a distinct relationship with it. He didn't cook much, but he did find a recipe for Coco Vin that he loved to cook. He had been studying French and night school courses in his later years, and he loved wine, so to him it was the perfect dish. It took him hours to make he made a whole day of it. Before this, dad hadn't spent much time in the kitchen except to find himself a snack. He was thin when he was younger through his time in the Air Force and when he and mom got married. Dad had a long, thin face in those days, inherited from his father's side of the family. He also always kept his hair very short, not shaved, but almost. He said he didn't want hair to touch his ears. In those early photos before the Air Force, and even after, when he and Mom got married, he had long, lovely, flowing, wavy, dark hair. He was the kind of tall and thin where clothes hung on him like a model. Mom made him stop smoking when I was little, and then Dad started putting on weight, and at times was quite heavy throughout his life. He did slim down several times successfully. Most of my life, Mom was heavy. It would have been easier for Dad because he was always physically active. In their early marriage years, he liked to play golf. Later on, he rode his bicycle, whether it was outside or using the stationary bike at home. He would keep meticulous records on paper of how many miles he rode on his bike every day, every month, and then for the year. In his later years, he joined a gym. He was very diligent about doing some physical exercise every day. As he got older and when he couldn't drive anymore, he still was incorporating physical activity into his day. He would go out in the backyard and do a hundred deep knee bends against the fence. He used an old brick as a weight. He saw the benefit to staying active. I don't actually remember my mom participating in any physical activity as a hobby. Golf? No. Tennis? No. Mom was short and always heavy as long as I can remember. When we bought our ping pong table, she grudgingly played with me sometimes. Mostly it was dad. But she did work in the garden. That was about it. Three of my four grandparents were thin. That's too bad I didn't get those genes. Of course, now I realize that the three of them that were thin were also the smokers. I don't recall anyone ever talking to me about portion control or eating what was appropriate. We ate until we were full. At home or at school or anywhere else for that matter. I was left to my own devices as usual. So I learned by example. Mom and I would go grocery shopping on dad's payday after mom went to the bank and cashed his check. We would travel up and down the aisles and get most of the essentials needed for the house, but also always a variety of snacks. I couldn't wait to get home, eat dinner, and then partake of all those yummy goodies, like cookies or a pie, ice cream or chocolate bars. The list seemed endless. Fruit? Yes, there was fruit, but I passed up that for the sugary stuff. I also come from a long line of bad cooks. I remember we ate out a lot. I mean, a lot. Some of the things my mom would make regularly included, (laughs) yes, tater tot casserole made with canned mushroom soup, tostadas made with Fritos as the base, and other semi-horrific dishes. She seemed to choose the recipes in magazines that also advertised some high calorie product to include. If we had vegetables, they were usually covered in cheese sauce. The one healthy thing my mom insisted on was not using salt in anything or on anything. Of course, this didn't mean that we didn't buy high sodium items. Now, in fact, we never had a container of salt in the house, and this was what I knew. As an adult, I discovered the wonderful taste of salt and would enjoy sprinkling a lot of salt on a tortilla chip at a Mexican restaurant or on popcorn at the movies. Oh, the simple joys. I remember going out to eat with my friend Gina And she would sprinkle salt on everything. I would kind of look at her in awe and think, this is what you're supposed to do. (laughs) Now, in my Thanksgiving episode, I told you guys about my Thanksgiving meal experience. When I was a child, we usually ate Thanksgiving lunch at my maternal grandmother's house and looking back on it, it was a culinary disaster. We would eat one of the most flavorless dry turkeys I would ever encounter because, again, there was no salt in the house, and I doubt anyone in this family knew about the word seasoning. It had stuffing from a mix, Mrs. Cubbison's, with chopped celery added into it. Celery, one of the great flavorless ingredients And yes, we would have a salad, so there would be something fresh, but it would be one made with the whitest heads of iceberg lettuce you could ever find. I mean, the lettuce was never green. If we were lucky, and I stress the word lucky, we had a very small tomato chopped up and then homemade dressing. Yes, made with mayo and ketchup combined. I mean, those were the two ingredients of the dressing. Yummy, right? Mm. And the cheapest white flour rolls from the supermarket you could buy. Now, actually, back in the day, they didn't actually sell these rolls. I think they just gave them away if you bought so much, uh, you know, so much dollar amount of food, you would just get the rolls for free because they were so good. Canned gravy, canned green beans, instant mashed potatoes. It's a wonder I ever wanted to eat again. The pumpkin pie with Cool Whip was probably the best thing about the meal. I mean, how could you ruin a pumpkin pie? Well, I guess you could burn the frozen one, but it's no wonder My dad dreamt about all those steaks, right? So then for Thanksgiving dinner, because we had to have two meals because my grandparents, the two sets did not get along with each other. We went over to my dad's parents' house and they were both, you know, thin. And my grandfather, Pappy, was the one that did the cooking over there. I can't remember my grandmother ever stepping foot in the kitchen Now, my grandfather, Pappy, well, nowadays we would probably just call him an alcoholic. (laughs) He was always drinking, and he would also cook everything with wine or liqueur uh, in everything, including uh, we had the most heavily drenched rum pudding for dessert you could ever imagine. Uh, He put oranges on the table with whole cloves stuck in them, And I remember one year I tried to eat one thinking it was cinnamon. It was, oh, it was disgusting. The whole experience was too much for the palate of a 10-year-old. I was just looking for a happy medium somewhere. To say the holidays were an eating disappointment is an understatement. Christmas meals were the same uh, as Thanksgiving. But luckily for New Year's, we always stayed home, my parents and I, and we ordered Chinese takeout, which was good. Imagine how giddy I was when, as an adult, I was finally invited to a friend's house for Thanksgiving who was a good cook or went to a restaurant for the holiday. I mean, after years of holiday food suffering, it was like a miracle. Fresh food, full flavor. You actually wanted to ask for seconds Uh, I was, you know, I was always tall for my age. In my elementary school, I was always the tallest girl in my class. It was embarrassing. And in the fifth grade, I was about the same size as as our teacher, but I was probably taller. I grew awkwardly into my early teens with (laughs) a pot belly. And then something happened. When I graduated from junior high, now we call it middle school, And the ninth grade, I was suddenly thin. I was pretty much that way through high school, except I remember in the 10th grade, my thighs had cellulite uh, on them. They called them saddlebags. And to add further insult to my situation, my gym teacher also had the same thighs. Some people say they matured early. Well, I felt that way too, except not in a good way. Imagine having the thighs of a woman at least twice your age. Oh, the horror. Around this time, I did have my first boyfriend, and so I was also much more motivated to lose weight. I still have the photos of me the summer after high school graduation in 1980 on a six week trip to Europe, looking pretty good. I was thin. I was wearing white pants. I remember they were a junior size nine. I weighed about 125 pounds. Those were my last white pants. I can't imagine wearing white pants now. I can't imagine wearing a junior size nine now either. Europe was great because we walked everywhere and we ate everything. On the tour with one of my schoolmates, Diana, we visited England, France, Italy, Switzerland, Germany, the Netherlands, and also cruised the Mediterranean for two weeks, visiting ports in Spain, Egypt, Turkey, Israel, Greece, and the like. It was exhausting at times because this was before the invention of suitcases with wheels. Yes, we're talking about the Jurassic period and Uber, but it was a fantastic experience of a lifetime. Everything in Europe is big. The museums, the squares, the bridges, the parks, all so vast. And the walking more than compensated for all the eating we did. The pasta, The countless cups of gelato, the fried fish and chips, potatoes, bread, and more bread, all the wonderful food on the cruise. Of course, it helped that everyone took turns getting the stomach flu on the cruise, too. My pants fit just as well when I came home as when I left. If only I had had a pedometer back then. Well, that's it for today. Next time, I'm going to talk to you about my journey into college and the freshman 10 or 15 or 20 and on and on with my relationship with food. I hope you'll join me. If you like this episode, please follow the Only Child Diaries podcast on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you might listen on. And consider rating Only Child Diaries and writing a review. It helps others to find us. Please share it with a friend you think might like it as well. Visit my Instagram page, Only Child Diaries, or Facebook, Only Child Diaries Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tracy Wallace, and these are the Only Child Diaries.